1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. He was running for his life. They wanted to kill him. He had murdered a man. So he ran. He ends up at a well. And here comes a flock of sheep and a beautiful woman with them. His name is Moses, meaning drawn out of the water. Now, this man had one of the most adventurous lives you can imagine. But it didn't all look like adventure. Some of it was just boring. Forty years of herding sheep out in the wilderness. He never owned one sheep. He was herding his father-in-law's sheep, Jethro. This past week, I've taken time to just sit before the Lord and try to understand what he's doing in my life, my life. I feel like I've been herding sheep for 40 years. I'm saying, Lord, is this the adventurous life you promised me? Huh. I've been forced to stop now and Try to go back and understand what Jesus said to me when I was just a little boy. To try to understand what he said to me several times on this journey. You understand, we only get to live one time. I mean, you make one journey through this life. And if you really mess up, you may lose your life and cut off a lot of those years. But even if you live a full life, you may only have 75 or 85 of those years to live. And if you're a person like me who wants adventure, I've not had the adventure I wanted to have. So I sat and and tried to think through and feel through to understand what's happened in my life. My life started with a, a real bang. I left home at thirteen years of age, I left the farm, my family sent me to a boarding academy to begin preparation for ministry. And then on to, on to college, seminary, then on to ministerial work, very successful, traveling a lot, traveling too much probably, to large venues where I would be honored to speak and preach and then go back home to my little country church. I lived on Rattlesnake Road, if that tells you anything. Finally came to Washington, D.C., pastored a place called The Gate on M Street in Washington. But soon after that, taking a large church and then being utterly cut off. And now, how many years, living in a desert place. And I'm saying, how long, Lord? I have a vision for a great move of God. That is, God moving by the Holy Spirit in such a way that men and women everywhere turn their attention to Jesus and again work and desire to be obedient to Jesus Christ. I've watched the Jesus movement, I haven't seen any other revival. It's all been foolishness. Oh, there was a revival in Pensacola, Florida. I think that started out with earnest desire for Jesus to come and do something, but it dissolved or, or should I say it devolved into foolishness and conflict and strife strife and money. Today it's over. It really didn't change Pensacola. So I've I've been looking at these things and saying, Lord, what's happening? And what do I need to start doing to make something happen? My training was very much in positive thinking. If it's going to be, it's up to me. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. All of that foolishness. So I've been just trying to feel and think my way through this world. Moses... He ran. I understand. He didn't see any other option. And frankly, it was the only option God gave him. See, I've come to understand that everything happens for a purpose, there are no accidents. God is in charge. So as I looked at all of this and read the scriptures, the Lord was very clear with me, read the scriptures. And so I read them. In the first years, I read them hour by hour by hour by hour by day by month by year until I had finished 50 times plus reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I devoured the word. That was the only option God gave me. And so I read. And finally, Moses is doing what he is supposed to do. He's herding the sheep a little bit flock of sheep cleaning their their nasty noses putting oil on their heads to keep the flies away but one day it started out like every other day zipporah wasn't with him she was back home and he decided to go to the far side of the mountain Hadn't been there for a while, it was rugged country. as he's walking, he suddenly sees flames. Now, any shepherd's going to be very concerned about a fire; he has to protect his sheep, and he looks up and here's a a bush, and it's on fire. Now, Moses walks carefully toward that bush. He's curious. He wants to know what's happening. He's a mature man. He wants to know what's going on here. I'll go over and see this strange sight, he says, why this bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone to look, he called to him from in the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am. Don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. He said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And then he assigns Moses the task of going back to Egypt and delivering his people. And his response, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Now, I want to say something that's going to cut directly across everything you've learned. You know the sayings. God helps those who help themselves. I've learned that's not true. I've learned that God let's those who help themselves continue to help themselves until they fail. What I'm saying that will be so difficult for you to grab a hold of, not because it's a hard intellectual uh, concept, it's a hard one to put into practice because it goes against everything we've learned as Americans. And that concept is, do not initiate. Do not initiate. No, you can't say that, Pastor. That's American. We all initiate. We all start our companies and we, we start our business and we do this and we do that. Yes, that's all true. But if you initiate, you are headed for failure. Well, what am I going to do, Pastor? Just sit around and do nothing? No. No, God will give you something to do. It may be taking care of a few unimportant sheep. What am I talking about? Simply this God's in charge. I'm not, and you are not in charge of your life. You have a very few short years to live on this earth, to get married, have kids, buy a house, do the things that we do in America. But in the end, we all get old and decrepit. And we die. So none of that stuff really matters. Except as we're doing it, we feel like, hey, I'm making progress now. I'm somebody. Now Moses thought he was the warrior who was going to deliver God's people, Israelite people, from Pharaoh. And so he kills a man, and they turn against him. The Israelites turn against him. He's a troublemaker, and he has to run. Moses does lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, but he doesn't do it by his initiation. He does it by the power of Almighty God. It took him some 40 years in the wilderness before he was humble enough that God could begin to work with him. And even then, God grew impatient and angry with Moses because he was so set on his inability to do anything. Moses didn't understand he was correct. He could not do anything. But God could. Now, some of you have your plans laid out. A young woman this morning at breakfast was talking with Twyla and myself. Saying she's put out all of these resumes to the government agencies, she wants to work for the government. that's what her degree is in. She has no clue that God is the one that will be in charge of her of her journey. But it may not be a very exciting adventure. Next time I see this young woman, I want to ask her if she has any adventure planned. Does she have any excitement in her heart? Or does she just want to get a job, get her own apartment, live her life, find a handsome gentleman? Come on, guys, that's not adventure. I want real adventure. And so I made a decision when I was a little boy that I was going to have real adventure. I was going to follow Jesus. Now, much of the walk following Jesus has been unsatisfactory to me, it's been boring. It's not been awe-inspiring. But it's going to be. I trust what Jesus is doing in me and for me. I trust what Jesus is doing with me, even though, if I'm honest with you, I don't understand much of what he's doing with me. But that's okay. Okay. Now, part of what I want to push a little bit further is this thing of initiation. I've tried so many ways to initiate what I wanted. And God has cut me off. And I've known it's, it was God. He cut me off. Now, I've increased the level of difficulty by walking in my own arrogance, my own hardness of heart, my pride. Part of what God has had to do with me is, is frankly, break me down on the pride side. He's had to humble my heart. Are you willing that God should humble your heart? Are you willing that God could come and take from you all success? Are you willing that God should come after years and put you in a place where you say, I don't know what's next. I've got my retirement. What's next? Well, what's next is waiting on God. Waiting, stopping, not initiating anything until you're clear. In your heart and your mind, out of the scriptures, out of the moving of the Holy Spirit, you're clear this is what I must do. My wife started listening to this broadcast. She had been a widow for 28 years, waiting on God. God had tried to tell her what he was going to do, but she was determined that she would do what she thought she should do. And so she did put herself in a trap. Finally, she was she was ready to hear what God had to say to her after living 28 years by herself, going and doing some mission work, helping people, ministering to people, taking care of dying parents and dying friends. And after 28 years of, single life. Her husband had died of cancer. She watched this YouTube and she said, I think that's an adventure. I want to go join that adventure. And so she was ready to move from Washington State to Virginia to be a part of the National Prayer Chapel. She didn't have any way to get here. She didn't know how she would get here. So she was writing once a month and sending offerings to Jesus to help support the broadcast. Finally, she called me. I didn't know her. I'd seen her letters come in. I was grateful for what she was giving. She said, Pastor Ray, has Jesus said anything to you about a relationship with me? I said, Are you kidding? No. I wasn't looking to have a wife. I was done. She said, will you pray? I said, yes, I'll pray about it. I didn't pray about it. I wasn't interested. For all I knew, she could, I won't say it. I didn't know her. I didn't know who she was. But then I was sitting in the studio and I said a very simple prayer. Lord, am I missing something here? Are you wanting Twyla to be my wife? That was the tone of the prayer. And suddenly, unexpectedly, God broke through. And it was in a kind of a disgusted voice with me. I know God's voice very well. He said to me, go get your bride. Go get your bride. Meaning I knew stop procrastinating. Stop, stop, stop. Just go do what I tell you to do. Woo. I called Twyla and I said can you arrange a marriage yes and we were quickly married I flew out to the west and we were married and she's been now for two years a a most wonderful companion and friend straight as an arrow No compromise. I love her. Now, why am I telling you that? Because God is setting me up with what he sees that I need to be able to go the next stage of the journey of my adventure Scary, terrifying, not scary, terrifying. But Jesus did it. Now, as I consider all of this, again, the word initiation comes. I have tried to initiate relationships in the past. It's been a great failure. I've tried to initiate some business that I thought I could have time to do. The Lord cut it off. And then this concept... Just rose up in my heart. Stop initiating, Ray. Everything is going to be from my hands. I will bring revival. I will build the National Prayer Chapel. This is my journey also with you. Stop! Stop! Stop initiating. If you're thinking about a new business, stop. If you're thinking about a new relationship, stop. Get on your face before Almighty God and repent. And give Him the authority over your life. And let him begin to set in place your steps. Let him bring revival to your heart. But wait upon him. Read the word. Pray. Do what he's told you to do. If you love me, he said, Keep my commandments. Do what he's told you already to do. Many years ago, he told me, turn the TV off. Okay, turned off. Many years ago, he told me to stop following the football, professional football game. I stopped. You see, we have to walk this out. It's a journey. your heart can be renewed and restored in Jesus by letting him do that in you and you just obey and do what he tells you to do now pastor where's your scripture for for stop initiating okay here it is isaiah The 50th chapter, an old preacher preached this one time, and I just laughed and said, that is incredible. And then I began to put it into practice. And today I've not begun to put it into practice. It is totally in practice in my life. I don't initiate anything in my life. I need a new car. Okay, the Lord gave me permission to go get a new car. Are you kidding me? No, Lord, if you want me to have a new car, you bring it to me. You you initiate what you want for me to drive. I'm not going to drive what I want to drive. I'm waiting on Jesus. Well, let me read this. Isaiah 50. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord. And rely on his God. But now, all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go, walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You'll lie down in torment. Well, let's break this down. I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord, and I've chosen to obey his word to me. Whatever that word is, I'm going to do it, and do it quickly. If it's do something that sounds so insanely crazy, to fly across the country, meet a woman, and four days later be married. If that's what he says, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm on my way. I'm not going to play games i'm going to do what he tells me to do let him who walks in the dark who has no light trust in the name of the lord well let's be let's be very frank about this Sometimes we walk in the dark. In fact, much of the time we walk in the dark, we don't have a clue what we should do or where we should go or how we should proceed. I'm that way right now. I'm walking in the dark about revival. I know some things about revival and I've shared those with you. I know that some of you want revival very much. Okay. We wait and we walk in the dark because we have no light on how to move forward to bring revival about. I've got lots of ideas of things I could try to pull off. I'm not going to. I'm going to wait on the Lord. Let's be very plain. What does it mean to wait? Well, I learned. The Lord taught me what it means to wait. I fell eight months ago and broke my leg. And then, month after month, I sat on the couch. I couldn't walk. Excruciating pain. I could barely move. Okay. But as I sat on that couch and read the word and prayed, unable to take care of myself, the Lord began to increase my trust in him and increased my ability to rely on my God. See, that's where it's all at. Will I trust what God is doing in my life, or will I be angry and hostile? People said, Pastor, go to the doctor, have surgery, get it cleaned up. No. The Lord said to me, wait upon the Lord. Well, he certainly couldn't mean that you should wait regarding a broken leg. Yes, he did. That's exactly what he meant. And I've learned a lot with this broken leg. It's taught me an incredible amount. Trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. What does it mean to rely? It means to say, I'm yours. I'm not going to move until you move and tell me what to do. When you tell me what to do, I'm on my way. You tell me to go to Wisconsin, not to Wisconsin, go to uh, Washington State and marry this woman. Okay. I'm clear it was God who said to do it. Commanded me to do it. I'm going to wait on him for the provision. He gave me the money to go. Trust in the name of the Lord. Rely on his God. Verse 11. But now all of you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches. In that day they didn't have flashlights and spotlights. You lit a torch on fire and walked with that torch. And that torch would provide enough light for you to be walking safely in this dangerous area. All of you who light fires, provide yourselves with flaming torches. Go walk in the light of your fire. Oh, I'm going to go search out this job. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do whatever I need to do. Hey, look. I've got credit cards. I've got Social Security. I could go to a surgeon and he could repair my leg. No. The Lord's command to me was wait upon the Lord. So I wait. He says, go walk in the light of your fires. Walk in your walk in your in your debt. Go buy a new car and go in debt. I can't do that. I can't go in debt. Listen, go walk in the light of your fires. And of the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. This is God speaking. This is what you'll receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. In other words, if you go initiate what you want, you're going to end up in torment, it's going to bite you. You have to decide. Do you want what God wants for you, or do you want what your natural self wants for you? Moses, he wanted to lead the children of Israel out of Pharaoh's clutches. He hated the, the sight of a Hebrew being beaten by one of the taskmasters. So he killed him. He lit his own torch. And the result of lighting his own torch was he had to run for his life from Pharaoh who tried to kill him, sent soldiers after him. He had to run. We face decisions every day. Do you have a relationship with the Lord God of heaven? Do you recognize his voice when he speaks to you? Or have you been so long going your own way, your own direction? I mean, recognize with me today that the Church of America is going its own direction. It lit its own torch. It brought in the world's music. It builds the the business model of the world. It builds what it thinks it has to build to accomplish the task it thinks it has in front of it. And the church in America is lying down in torment today. It's miserable. It's ugly. It's ungodly. I just heard about a a methodist pastor who's walking out on her church because they're not paying her enough money well she certainly has lit her own torch going her own way walking in a selfish heart if they paid her nothing they shouldn't she shouldn't leave that church She should know how to go to God to get her money. She should know how to go to the Lord for resources. But people don't know how to do that today because they've lived the American life. I'm waiting on God for his direction regarding the healing of my leg. How long will I wait (laughs) until I die? Why? Because he knows what he has to do in my life to take me to the place he wants me to be so I can do the work he's called me to do. My job right now is primarily radio, and prayer and ministry to a few very precious friends at the National Prayer Chapel. Was that enough? No, that's not my vision. That's not how I envisioned I would be spending this part of my life. But God has told me what he envisions. And what he envisions first and foremost is that I would be an obedient son. And I would wait upon him and do as he tells me to do. But I laugh in that because I know what's going to happen. He's going to bring an incredible revival here in Washington, D.C. That's what he's promised me. Do I have to make that happen? No, I can't make that happen. And if I try to light the torch to make that happen, I'll lie down in torment. I'm not interested in any more pain in my life. I have enough. I'm not a masochist. I will not depend on human flesh. I know God is going to bring the money. He brings it each month to pay for this radio broadcast and to pay for YouTube. When he's ready, he'll bring the money to go the next step, securing a place for public meetings. He'll direct me when and where to go to hold those public meetings. And I know that he will pour out his spirit in mighty power and revival power. How do I know that? I've waited on God. I've listened to him. He's told me what he's going to do. Okay. Am I going to go out and try to make something happen? No, I'm not. I'm not going to go out and try to shake the bushes. I'm going to wait on God. It says, now all of you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you've set ablaze. And this is what you shall receive from my hand you'll lie down in torment. I've gone out and tried to start things. Without a doubt, I've tried to start things. It went down in flames. Now maybe you've been very successful and maybe you are doing exactly what God called you to do. And he's blessed you. I praise God for that. But self-initiation is not the way to go. The scripture says if you go the way of self-initiation, you'll lie down in torment in the end. I know the joy of my life is simply serving Jesus day by day, and doing exactly what he tells me to do. And if people scorn that, it's okay. I don't mind. I'm nobody. Who am I that I should mind if someone smarter than me is scorning me? That's okay. My eyes are on Jesus Christ. I'm not taking my eyes off him. My attention is fully on what he wants. And I will do whatever he tells me to do. Even though it may sound utterly insane and foolish to you, I will do what Jesus tells me to do. Well, that's what I wanted to share with you today. I'm really I'm really glad you've listened. And I ask, put it into practice. Stop initiating. Put everything on hold. Get before God and find out if that's what he wants. Well, God doesn't talk to me. Well, that's because you're too far away from God to hear him talking to you. So, get next to God. Let him talk to you. He'll tell you. Almighty God, it's been a pleasure to speak to your people today. Thank you for each one who's listened. Now, Lord, I know that there are some people who have come to be prayed for. And, Lord, I lift up every person With a disease? Yes, Lord. One dear sister. Lord, there are people who need your healing hand right now. And I ask that if it is according to your will, in your plan for their journey, Would you touch them now with healing power? And regardless of where they are in that journey, would you cause them to wait upon you and to trust you? Oh Lord, we've got to trust you to put our full confidence in you and not to take any actions without first praying through and getting your direction, because it's only your direction that will make things work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I pray in your mighty name. Amen.